Hi, my name is Alan Hamlin. I'm one of the ministers at Greater Alton Church. We just did a workshop on small groups. Well, the lesson that I'm about to give you here is one that I did there, but the live recording somehow got lost. And I was asked to reproduce that lesson, if I could, uh, this way. So I'm sitting in front of my computer, looking at my notes, and uh, going to talk you through what we discussed together as a group. And hopefully it'll bless you and give you some good ideas about uh, small groups and really what the purpose of small groups is all about. So whenever we were together, I started off this lesson by asking the crowd that was there what reasons they have or what reasons they would give to somebody else for why they or someone else should be committed to a small group. So we, we had this huge whiteboard, and at the top of it we wrote down reasons for being in a small group. As people from the crowd began to give answers, we wrote down the reasons that they had for being in a small group, reasons that they would tell other people they should be in a small group. Well, here's the thing. Reasons for being committed to a small group usually fall into one or possibly both of two categories. Purpose and benefits. See, there's the purpose for a small group, and then there's the benefits of being in a small group. As I looked at the answers that we got from our crowd, most of the reasons that they gave really fell into the category of benefits, with just a couple of, of the reasons actually becoming the purpose of a small group. Where I got this idea to ask this question really came from a Google search I did when I was first given the assignment to talk about this. I, uh, I typed into Google this question, why should I be in a small group? And what I got back were a lot of different articles with a lot of different reasons, and they broadly broke down into these two areas. Either the article talked about the benefits of being in a small group, or the article talked about the purpose of being in a small group. Here's the definitions that I gave to the crowd about benefits versus purpose. See, benefits, that's what you will get out of it. But purpose is what God will get out of it. Whenever we looked at the answers that were assembled on that whiteboard, what we saw was that most of the reasons that people were citing for being a part of a small group, being committed to it, really had more to do with the benefits Really, it was more about what they were going to get out of it. Now, I want to make something really, really clear here. Both purpose and benefits are legitimate reasons for being in a small group. But there's something actually kind of bad that happens when we forget the purpose and start to focus just on the benefits. See, if our reason for being in a group really is just how it benefits me, then that becomes my purpose for going to a small group. What that means is, I've actually changed the original purpose that God had in mind for this small group. And now I've made it about me, rather than about Him. When you change the purpose of something, and this is just kind of a truism I think you'll find true, regardless of whether we're talking about small groups, or going to church on Sunday, or really just about anything. When you change the purpose of something, you're likely to misuse it or neglect it. In marriage, sex is a benefit of marriage. But what happens if you make sex the purpose of your marriage? Yeah, you're going to have some serious disappointment and dysfunction. 
If you forget the purpose of your marriage, you're probably going to misuse it or neglect it. In the same way, if your purpose for being in a small group is really about how you will be benefited, you're going to end up misusing or neglecting that group. And the truth is, you really won't be in that small group for very long. Why? Because the purpose of a small group is not about what you're going to get out of it. Now, on the other hand, if your purpose for being in a small group is about what God's going to get out of it, you'll experience both the purpose and the benefits. You will not misuse or neglect the group. If you're there because you're, you're there for what God is supposed to get out of it, then you'll have a very clear purpose and you will recognize the benefits and that'll make you more consistent in your participation. What I presented to the group as we were talking through this was that remembering the purpose will produce the benefits. But focusing on the benefits will defeat both the purpose and the benefits. So that leads us back to the original question, the title of this lesson. What is the purpose of small groups? Well, I'll tell you what I think the purpose of small groups is, at least at Greater Alton. Our purpose for having a small group, having small groups at Greater Alton is to facilitate the purposes of the church. Actually, small groups is just one of the approaches or strategies we have here to achieve the purposes of the church. We actually have about five that we've identified. We have Sunday morning services. We have small groups, which we're talking about in this lesson and in our workshop this past weekend. We have ministries. We have Bible classes, and we have personal ministry and evangelism that happens on the part of each one of our members wherever they go. All five of those, kind of like on your hand, you've got four fingers and a thumb, and with all of them, you're able to grab a hold of something and to hold it tightly and to maybe get a good grip on it. What I like to imagine whenever I think about these these strategies, these these approaches for the purposes of the church, that it's it's like grabbing a hold of the same rope that Jesus is pulling on and pulling on the same end of it as he is. Well, one of those that we're talking about here this, this weekend in this workshop and in this lesson is the small group part of that. And the small group, the purpose of it, is to facilitate the purpose of the church. We have planned in upcoming workshops to talk about each one of these five about Sunday morning services, how that helps uh, fulfill and facilitate the purpose of the church, and how ministries do that, and how Bible classes do that, and how our personal evangelism and ministry help fulfill and facilitate the purposes of the church. But for right now, we're just going to focus in on small groups and how they facilitate the purpose of the church. Well, obviously, that brings up the next logical question, which is, what exactly is the purpose of the church? If our small groups are supposed to facilitate the purpose of the church, makes sense we better talk about what the purpose of the church is, right? Well, very quickly, what I think you'll find in Scripture, the purpose of the church is, is to bring heaven to earth. Where do I get the gall to say that? Well, I'll show you a few verses where I get that idea. The first one is right out of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, verse 10. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, 
We're to be praying that God's kingdom would come to this earth and that his will would be done here on this earth, just like it's being done in heaven. You see, what that does is that brings heaven to this earth, which seems to be what God's plan is and what the gospel is all about. And that's the work that the church is supposed to be doing. That's the one of the purposes of the church. And I think that's why Jesus put it as such a prominent part of his method for praying that he taught us to do. Another verse I'd throw out there for you to look at is found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. It's right from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus explained to his disciples, to his church, that you are the salt of the earth, that you are the light of the world. Now, you've got to ask yourself when you look at a verse like this, what's the connection between salt and light? Well, probably just this one. Salt and light both have an immediate and an amazing effect on the environment where they're added. I mean, just think about it. If you've ever salted a meal, it doesn't take a lot of salt to radically change the flavor of a meal. In the same way, if you've ever been on one of those cave tours where it's just completely absent of light, if someone lights even just a match, that little bit of light will push back the darkness and radically impact the environment. Well, that's what the church is supposed to be like. We are supposed to have this effect on the earth. We're supposed to change the flavor of the places where we work, the places where we shop, the places where we live, in our families, and where we go, and in our neighborhoods where we live. And we're supposed to be light. We're supposed to push back the dark. Lastly, I'd show you Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. You might be familiar with this one. This is the Great Commission. Jesus told them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What that means is, Jesus is currently right now in heaven running things here on earth. He's gone there to run things here. He's been given all that authority. And so then he tells us what to do in verse 19. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. See, the church is supposed to make disciples, and that requires two things, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. See, we're supposed to teach them everything that Jesus taught us, including this command to go and make disciples. And you see, everywhere there is a disciple, you have a little intersection with heaven. You have a little salt, a little light. You have a little place, just where that disciple is, where God's will is being done here on earth, just like it is in heaven. And it radically changes the environment. And as we go and make more disciples, guess what we do? We bring more of heaven to earth. That's the purpose of the church, to bring heaven to earth. Now here's my question for you. Is your reason for being a part of a small group to advance the gospel and bring heaven to earth. Is that the reason for you being a part and being committed to a small group? If it's not, what is your reason? When you invite somebody else or or, or give them the advice that they ought to be committed to a small group, what's the reason you give them? 
Do you appeal to the to the benefits that they'll get from being in that group? Or do you point to the purpose of being in that group? That we now as Christians work for God and we are actively engaged in bringing heaven to earth and we need each other. Will you experience benefits? Yeah, if you get the purpose straight, you will definitely experience the benefits. But if you lose sight of the purpose, you're probably not going to experience many benefits. In fact, most of the stitched in benefits of being in a small group will probably feel more like burdens than blessings and benefits. And see, here's that truth that I said earlier. When you change the purpose of something, you're very likely to misuse it or neglect it. So it is so important that when we think about our small groups and the purpose of our small groups, that we understand the purpose of the small group is to facilitate the purpose of the church. And the purpose of the church is to bring heaven to earth. So how does this happen in small groups? How exactly do small groups bring heaven to earth? Well, I want to show you one one verse that I think has got several keys in it that we can look at. There are other verses that we can look at to get at it, but I want to show you this one. It's found over in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 15. It's the Apostle Paul, and this is what he wrote to the disciples that he was writing to. He said this, he says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Paul wrote some big sentences, and he packed a lot of meat into this very short little paragraph. There are about six things that I think I can find in this verse that answer the question, how do small groups bring heaven to earth? The first one is found in verse 12. It's by equipping the saints for the work of ministry. You see, our small groups, if we stay focused on our purpose of bringing heaven to earth, then naturally we are to be in these groups equipping each other or being equipped for the work of ministry. Also in verse 12, you'll see it there that the small group helps bring heaven to earth by building up the body of Christ for the work of ministry. I mean, whenever I was a a police officer as a young man, I weighed about 150 pounds. And I wasn't big enough to do the job sometimes. Uh, There were usually only one or two officers on at a time in the town that I was in. And sometimes people got into some pretty violent situations and You had to take hold of them, and I just frankly wasn't strong enough to do the job. So I had to hit the gym, and I had to lift weights and build up my body so I could do the work. Same concept here. The reason that we need to be built up is not for self-esteem. It's not about building up the numbers that come into our church buildings. It's about building up the entire body of Christ and making it stronger 
for the work of ministry. Number three, small groups bring heaven to earth by attaining unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God for the work of ministry. You see, all Christians have the same Father, but not all of us have actually reached this unity of faith or this unity of knowledge about the Son of God. And it's something that we really need to have and to work towards so that we can do the work of ministry. And small group is one of the places where we can look at Scripture and talk and learn and study and figure out what it is that pleases God, what it is that Jesus really wants, and we can get on the same page and we can learn to work together. I think that's what Paul means when he talks about attaining unity. And small groups are a great place for that to happen. In a large group or a large setting like a Sunday morning where there's perhaps hundreds of people gathered to hear the same lesson, it's a little tougher to dial in and to have a back and forth with the person who's teaching. But in a small group, you get the chance to ask questions and to see it put into action in a daily basis. Fourth thing I see here, how do small groups bring heaven to earth? By promoting maturity so that the church functions like one natural man, functions like Jesus for the work of ministry. Verses 13 and 15 is where you'll find that. Are you beginning to catch a, a theme in all these reasons and all these actions, all these how-tos? Yeah, it's all for the work of ministry. Whenever you read this verse, and I hope all the verses that you read from now on, I hope that you'll begin to have an eye for the difference between the benefits that are mentioned and the purpose. The purpose is for the work of ministry and all these things that Paul's talking about and promoting maturity. See, we don't function well when we're immature. There is no better place that I know of personally where we're really going to learn to have maturity than by having some sort of a small group, a community of believers, connection, even if it's with just two or three people, where you can have that, that kind of iron sharpenings, iron kind of a relationship where you can promote maturity, stimulate each other to think, and, and provoke each other to love and to good deeds. And that's a great thing that, that small groups can do to bring heaven to earth and advance the purpose of the church. Number five, how do small groups bring heaven to earth? By speaking the truth in love for the work of ministry. Uh, I've seen people use this verse, speaking the truth in love, to say things that really didn't amount to a whole lot of love. It was more trying to browbeat somebody into into doing something they thought they should do or to stop something that they thought they shouldn't do. And sometimes what they said was love was just hateful. It wasn't always so that the work of ministry could be done. But it is supposed to happen. We are supposed to speak the truth in love. And sometimes the truth, is it's going to sting a little bit. And the motive of love, the purpose of working in the ministry, sometimes lessens the sting, but sometimes it still hurts to hear the truth. But it's made much easier to take the truth from people that you are connected to, that know you, that you know they've got your back. They know they want to help you please Jesus, rather than to hear it from a pulpit or a stranger. Those methods don't work very good. But in a small group, telling the truth in love really does help to equip us for the work of ministry. And lastly, find this in verse 16. Small groups help bring heaven to earth by helping each part Learn to work properly 
in the work of ministry. You see, we're supposed to be one body. We're currently in a lesson series called Me to We. And what we're talking about in this lesson series on Sunday mornings at Greater Alton is that we have to lose this me, 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 self-I focus that is so natural in our society and learn to see ourselves as something that's much bigger, that we're a part of we. We're a part of the Lord. Not just our church, but all churches, all Christians everywhere. The vision that Paul has that he's telling the Ephesians is that we would all learn to work together like one body to bring heaven to earth and do the work of ministry. What is the work of ministry? In a nutshell, ministry means service. It's about learning to serve Jesus. See, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said this. He said, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, if you're from a farming background, you may know what a yoke is. And if you're not from a farming background, you may be a little lost. See, a, a yoke is a wooden harness that allows two animals to work together. Usually oxen was what was used in Jesus' day. Here's the thing that, that you need to take from this verse. This is Jesus' yoke that he's talking about. Why does Jesus have a yoke? Because there's work that has to be done. It's his work that has to be done. See, we're supposed to be about doing his work. That's what being a Christian is about. It's about working in this world to bring heaven to earth. That was Jesus' mission. He's still about that mission. He's running the whole show from heaven, and we're to work together to accomplish that. And frankly, the job of bringing heaven to earth is a lot easier than working on your own stuff. That's why he makes the call to everybody who's beat down and tired of the frustration and the headache of living in this world and working hard and losing ground. He says, I got a better option. Why don't you work for me? Why don't you take my yoke upon you? I'll teach you. I'm gentle. I'm not, I'm not arrogant. I'm humble. And guess what? You'll find rest for your souls. Rest is not the same thing as inactivity. Rest is where it's it's that groove where things are coming a little easier. And then he says this, my yoke is easy. He says, my burden is light. And it reminds me of what he said over in Matthew 6.33. He said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. You know, one simple way of understanding what he said there is, look, you work on my stuff, and I'll work on yours. As Christians... There are so many things that we want to go right in our families, in our jobs, wherever we go in the world that we live in, and we're just powerless to make those things work out most of the time. And Jesus is offering us something else. He's saying, listen, I'll work on all that stuff that you can't do, but what I need you to do is to work on my stuff. In John chapter 4, verses 35 through 38, Jesus talked there, he said, look, the fields are white for harvest. In verse 38, he says, I sent you to reap that which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. See, the time to work for Jesus is now. He started off that verse by saying, uh, don't you have a saying? The, the saying is that aren't there yet four months before the harvest comes? And then he says, look, I'm telling you, the harvest is here. 
The time to work is right now. Harvest isn't four months away, metaphorically. Right now, this world is ripe to hear the gospel, to get a taste of heaven in the age to come, and to choose whether or not they want to be a part of it. And there are people that are just waiting for a legitimate chance to say yes to Jesus. We're supposed to work those fields, the places where we live, where we work, and where we go. The hard work of bringing salvation to the world has already been done. Jesus took care of that. We're just to go and gather the harvest. But learning how to do that, how to live as salt and light, that takes some equipping. And there's that's the purpose of our small groups, is so that we can be equipped to do this work for Jesus that he has purchased us for, that he's graciously allowed us to partner with him in. Well, I, I hope that these thoughts in, in this lesson have stimulated you to think. I hope that you'll begin as you look at everything that you do, that you'll look in terms of what's the purpose? Is it the purpose that I'm after or am I just after the benefits? There's one final verse that I want to show you of a man who who really looked for the benefits and not just the purpose. You'll find it over in Matthew 22, verses 11 through 14. It's a parable about a king who had a, had a wedding banquet and he invited people to. It says this, Jesus said, When the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how'd you get in here without a wedding garment? The guy was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him, hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. See, what I think we've got going on there, at least one of the elements that Jesus is pointing out here is, you've got a guy who wanted to come to the party. He wanted to sit at the table. He wanted to eat food from this king, but he didn't care enough about what the king was doing to dress appropriately. You know, all throughout scripture, uh, garments are usually associated uh, metaphorically with our actions, our righteousness. See, this guy wasn't dressed right. He wasn't dressed in robes of righteousness. He didn't care about being dressed in robes of righteousness, apparently. He was just there for the benefits. He forgot the purpose. And the result was, he got tossed out. Here's the thing. If we make small groups about the benefits, we will not end up being dressed right for the banquet that we've been invited to. Don't let that happen to you. I want to urge you, beg you, implore you, to be equipped. Now, if you can find that a way of, of, of achieving that purpose other than a small group, then God bless you, go for it. But we know, I know personally from personal experience, that being in a small group of, of even just three or four people that are clearly pursuing the purposes of Jesus and his church, that's where I've grown the most and, and experienced the, the most equipping for the work of, of the Lord. I hope this lesson challenges you and blesses you, and thanks for listening.